Oh shit, here we go again. What's up, baller? We're back. Episode four. Um, we're going to be talking about a bunch of different stuff today. Anything from PGA, Brooks' place in the game, um, where we think Brooks might be going in the future, which I, I think a lot of you guys know where that's going to be. I mean, the, the guy's showing what he can do. Um, we're going to kind of talking a little bit about Colonial. I don't know if we're going to spend a lot of time on that, but that's about it. Um, we're going to introduce ourselves real quick. We had some feedback about that. Uh, this is Jake speaking right now. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, hey guys, Doug's here, uh, up in the Great Wide North in uh, New York for the week, uh, doing a little work, a little pleasure. Uh, had the opportunity to go to the PGA, which I'll talk about in a little while. I uh, hope everybody's uh, having a good time and uh, getting ready for a Memorial Day weekend. Hey guys, it's Vince. I'm still down here in Houston, holding it down. Got a few good rounds to talk about, and my pick of Brooks and what we got next week, so... Oh, he's already bragging. Let's roll into it. All right. Um, yeah, so uh, we, we all got to play this weekend. Uh, uh, Doug, you want to go first? You're, you were away from home. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, a little bit of an away match for me this weekend. I played at Glenwood Country Club, uh, which apparently there's another one in Arkansas because I tagged it on our Instagram that we were at Glenwood and it wasn't the right one. So sick. A little bit of a mistake on my part, but uh, yeah, great course. Uh, appreciate my boy Frank uh, bringing me out. It was about 30 minutes from Staten Island where he lives. It's uh, like all the other New Jersey courses that I've played, and I really enjoyed it. It's uh, not too long. I think it was about 6,700 maybe from the tee, from the back tees and. Uh, Tree line, but beautiful conditions. The greens were in great shape. Fairways were in great shape. Overall, a great little experience for for us. I uh, I really enjoyed the whole experience. Clubhouse is a little bit older, but uh, everything else was was really great. I, I recommend it uh, for those of you guys that are in the northern Jersey, uh, you know, lower New York area. It's not too far from the city, um, and I, I believe that they have some. Some public rounds, it's a, you know, it is a private course, and they have about 300 members is what Frank was telling me. But uh, it, it, all in all, it was pretty fun. That's awesome. Yeah, you, you couldn't have picked a better weekend, honestly, to be here. I mean, this is like the best the best weather that the, we've seen in the, the Jersey, Philly, New York, East Coast kind of area. So that that was good. The place looked luscious on the videos you see. It looked really good. Yeah, so he said, you know, a little bit like Houston, they've been, well, I guess you as well, you just have gotten so much rain. Uh, yeah. You know, the first couple of months of the year, everything's just so green. So it was good. Apparently they had a bunch of rain earlier in the week. And then uh, <clears throat> actually we had about a 30 minute shower come through right before we teed off. But uh, yeah, it, was car- it wasn't car path only. It was 90 degrees. So it was great. I uh, shot 81, found something on the last six holes. So I'm ready to go back and, uh, you know, shoot 65 again. Nice. So yeah, looking forward to it. 81 with the borrowed sticks. You got to love that. That's right. 81. With, but he has the same irons yeah. as me. He's got the yeah, 790s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, he just bought the Rogue. So I used his old M3, which has the uh, uh, Tour AD shaft in it. Oh, that oh, thing is that thing is money. One. I was pounding it out there a couple of times. So that was that was fun. Uh, that was the first time I've hit more than four fairways in a round, I think, all year. So it was good. 
Good little practice nice. out there. We had had some fun. I did have to use the uh, Spalding putter, though, which was the only putter that the course had. <laughs> so uh, I made zero putts. Not that that's different from what I normally do. But, yeah, all in all, it was it was a good weekend. The weather was was beautiful. Spalding, Scotty, they both begin with S. You know, they're really you know, it's it was I think it was the original hot putter on tour about 20 years ago. So, you know, <laughs> that's not I can complain about. Cool, cool. And for those listening, Vinny, you I wanna... think uh, I think I believe that course is in Old Bridge. Um, so for, for those who travel go. through that area, I think it'd be worth checking out the facility and everything. It looked it looked great on video. So. It did look good. Yeah, I, I tried to make par for our listeners. I did not. I hit four really good shots too, actually, but just didn't get there. Stupid tree on that one hole. But yeah, it was a good layout. Um, a lot of short dogleg holes where. You could probably try to take driver over the corner if you wanted to, but uh, right. a lot of layups. I hit a lot. He has that tailor-made driving iron, which I actually hit on the video that we posted on Instagram, um, which I really enjoyed. Actually, I might have to buy me one of those, but I'm going to have to figure out what I have to take out of the bag. But it was it was a fun course. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Uh, Vince, you want to you wanna tell us? You, you were low man of the weekend. Vin, Vinny had himself a day. Two, uh, two decent days. Um, first round, we played at Sweetwater. Country Club, that's in Sugarland, Texas. Um, two private courses. We, we managed to get out there uh, to a family membership, which was really nice. Course was in good shape, but with the recent rain, the bugs were way up. You you couldn't open your <laughs> mouth to inhale without inhaling a bunch of gnats. Um, little little protein shake. Oh, it was it was brutal. Uh, guys on the course like. They would come around the marshals with vanilla extract and spray you down, and you'd smell like a sugar cookie. But the gnats would stay <laughs> off for about forty-five minutes, and you'd have to do it all over again. Um, yeah, went mm-hmm. out, shot an eighty-one, um, no doubles. Driver was really good. I hit more greens than I had any round this year, and then didn't make that many putts. They were they were kind of slow. Left myself with some six footers that I, <laughs> I definitely didn't. But the round was overall, it was a good round. It, you know, it was good right. feeling consistent, hitting good shots and not losing balls. And for me, I think when the driver's working, I can I can have a decent round. So um, that moved me into Sunday at Wildcat in, in Houston. Um, shot a 77, and driver was by far the best club in the bag. I hit a lot of greens, played the par fives at two under, and... Um, actually made a double to start the back nine that that brought me to four over so i think i think once i got through those woes and realized that that didn't matter um made another bogey then a birdie nice so then that kept that kept it together for me so would you play uh lakes or highlands that was on the lakes course that was on lake side right well that's a that's a really good 77 then yeah i i for me, I think the Highlands course is tougher. It just it, it doesn't fit my eye as well as the lakes. Yeah, you always say that. Yeah. That's just me. I think I'm I'm against the odds for everybody who plays out there when I say yeah. that. Um well for me this weekend I played two rounds, Saturday, Sunday, beautiful weather like Dougie was saying. Um I'm just going through this like weird thing where I, I'm like unconscious out of the gate. I was Two over in the first round and two over in the second round through nine with like two doubles and, and some birdies. It was just like a weird kind of thing. And then on the back, I like still playing good until I hit about like 13 or 14 and I realize I'm playing good. And then I kind of limp in. So it was like 81, 81. 
and it happened in almost the exact same manner. And uh, I just, I, I hit it good for the most part. And I hit a couple squirrely tee shots, um, making some, some shitty doubles and, and that was it. But yeah, it was just a normal kind of weekend out there with the boys, um, you know, playing for a couple bucks or whatever. So nothing crazy, but great weather. And, and yeah, it was a good weekend to play, get in two rounds. Yeah. So remind everybody where you play your uh, normal weekend. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I was playing, uh, I played at Medford Lakes um, this weekend that just passed, but Memorial Day weekend coming up, I'm going to be playing uh, at a, at a course down by the shore. So we'll have something to chat about different from uh, my golf um, for next uh, episode. So anything else on that? You want to get into uh, some PGA stuff? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, PGA. Um, I don't know. Thoughts? You, you, we just want to start with the overall. What, what do you got? Anybody? Dougie? Yeah, so I guess for people that weren't paying attention this weekend, uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. PGA was up in Bethpage in Long Island. Um, Brooks Kafka went into the final round with a seven-shot lead over Harold Varner the third. Uh, who shot pretty... about 13 over, I think, on the final round. But uh, <laughs> he shot 11 Brooke, over. Brooks, hey, leave Harold alone. Hey, I like Harold, man. He's sponsored by Jordan. Uh, yeah, and and I think I mean, actually he started out with a birdie. Harold did, but uh, just after that, I don't think the course fit his eye. He had just played, I think, a little bit uh, better than he normally does, and, and had made a couple putts going into into Sunday's round. But uh, first time he got to be in the final round of a major, so good experience for him. Um, but yeah, of course, it, you know, Brooks, I, I guess he just, he overpowered that golf course and, uh, along with Dustin Johnson, really, and a couple of the other guys that were at the end of the leaderboard, um, they just played really well all week. And, and Brooks, you know, as he's been playing the last, I guess the last nine majors, he's been in like the top five and, and won four of them. So it's, he's on an incredible run right now. Um, and I think he's got a really good chance at winning the U.S. Open next month, actually, too. So uh, major number four for Brooks. Uh, I'll round out the top ten for everybody. Dustin Johnson, second. He finished at six under. And Brooks was at eight under. And then uh, from there, it was a large drop-off. It was a four-shot uh, difference between second and a tied for third, which was Matt Wallace, Patrick Cantlay, and the guy who I'll eat crow, Jordan Spieth, finished yeah. tied third, who I said was going to miss the cut. He, uh, he played really well, actually, uh, Thursday, Friday, which he has been doing a little bit of this year, um, and then did not play well on Saturday, which has kind of been his his Achilles heel all year. He's not, not been doing anything once he made it to the weekend on Saturday. He played pretty decent on Sunday. He shot one over, which is actually one of the better rounds in the top 10 because the conditions were extremely hard. Um, it was really blowing out there, and uh, the... <clears throat> The uh, atmosphere was just wild. So uh, great, great, great finish for Jordan there and tied third. And then uh, rounding out is Luke List finished solo sixth. Uh, Sung Kang following up his win last week or the week before in Dallas finished uh, solo seventh. And then Shane Lowry, uh, Adam Scott, Gary Woodland, Roy McIlroy, Matt Kuchar all finished T8 at uh, one over par. So uh, great, great event. I really, I was out there on Saturday. Golf was amazing the course was in great shape uh it was really set up well i thought for the the visitors um i actually um had tickets on the 17th green which was the par three uh my boy brendan hooked it up we were in the in the suite there so we had a little bit of a higher view 
all you can eat and booze. And uh, we watched uh, all the final groups come through on, on 17 there on Saturday after we had went out and walked the course. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was just really impressed with the whole thing. My, my really, my only disappointment was, you know, I, all my friends were like, Hey, buy me a shirt and go, go get gear. And, um, one, the pro shop, which was not a pro shop. It was like a mini mall, but it was like five miles away from the course. It was up past the, up at, past the clubhouse, past number one, you had to walk probably like half a mile from, uh, where the, 18th green was it was really kind of out of the way and inconvenient i thought for a lot of people um especially if you were just trying to run over there while some groups were coming through or whatnot but um once you were in there you know a lot of the stuff had been picked out on saturday there was no largest mm-hmm. left um and you know i guess they do that to protect themselves right they don't want to just keep restocking everything and then have a bunch of inventory left over at right. the end but um yeah, a little bit of disappointed in that because most of my friends were a large, so I wasn't able to get everybody something. But um, all in all, yeah, great, great, uh, great field. Obviously, a great ended up being a great tournament. Brooks got his fourth major uh, before the age of thirty, um, and I think it's going to set up for an exciting season uh, for him, especially with uh, where the U.S. Open is this year. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think um, it's kind of dumb, like not to to take him in one of these next two. I mean, for me, I, I, I'm not trying to like uh, err on the side of like hyperbole and, and like exaggerate. It just reminds me a lot of certain things Tiger does, right? Or did, I should say, you know, it's this hyper focus, like no cares. I'm just out here and I'm going to like bash your brains in kind of thing. And I mean, it's crazy. He won it on Thursday, you know, like if you look back, he, he won it on Thursday. He played fine on Friday. Played, I would say even good on Friday. Played fine on Saturday. He struggled in tough conditions coming down the stretch on Sunday. But, like, he put his foot down on the whole field on Thursday. And I don't know. Like, I think that the PGA um, and the U.S. Open are always going to be set up well for this guy. But I, I think he's going to win at every venue. I really do. I mean, he almost won at Augusta. He has a top five at the British in his career. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. If you would have asked I, I me think, like three years ago if he would have won a major, I would have told you, hell yeah. I would have said he would have won a couple. I just didn't think he would get to four in this way. What, what were you going to say, Doug? I think that, you know, I think he's done it the right way, right? He, he went, when he graduated college, he went to Florida State, was a good player there, not great, but Right. He wanted to get on tour, couldn't get his card. So he went the went the hard route. Right. He went to the challenge tour on the European tour, did that for a couple of years, had a couple of wins. And then he got on the European tour. And, you know, from what I've heard, it's more of, uh, you know, it's a different game, obviously, they're in Europe because it's really Europe. But they also play like in Africa. They also play in, in Asia because that's where the India, you know, the, yeah. yeah, India, that's the finals is in Dubai. So they're traveling you know, all over the map week to week. And I think that for a young guy like him, that really taught him a lot of things. And he also, you know, figured out, hey, if I get stronger in the weight room, I can hit the ball farther and the game's going to be easier for me, which a lot of these guys are doing already. But, yeah, I completely agree. I think it's a lot like Tiger. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little bit of a different opinion than you. I don't think he'll win a British. He may surprise me. He's definitely got the, the talent to win one. I just don't think that it sets up for his game. Um, because it's typically, you know, blowing 25 out there and, 
if you miss fairways, you're dead. Um, and he's, he's one of those guys that just pulls driver on every hole. So, um, well, he's I'll proven be, that you can miss fairways and survive if you're well, strong enough. That's true. <laughs> I think that's he true. did that at Bethpage solely. It was one of the, one of the best things he did was he would hit a ball into the tall grass and every announcer would be like, there's no way he can muscle this thing out. And he would muscle right. them out and hit the green. And yeah. everybody would be in shock and awe, but he had the power to to do that out there, which kept him in it. I think if Rory had scored well on the first two days and he hit those same shots, he would have been another player who could maybe do it. But <clears throat> Brooks solely kept himself in it by making plays out of tall grass. Right. And, and I don't want to change the subject, but just because I have it written on my notes here, it gets to a, a question about the golf course, right? Which is, was it fair? Because, you know, you have Brandel on Golf Channel and he's saying, you know, this is a perfect tournament golf course, right? Like narrow fairway, long rough. Well, narrow fairway and long rough, that reward, all that does is reward those guys who pull driver on every hole because they're freaking strong enough to get it out of the rough, right? Like Jordan Spieth is not going to miss a fairway and then get to the green with like a five iron out of that rough. But Brooks and DJ and... You know, these other guys that can that can hit it a little bit, they're in the rough and they're pulling seven iron wedge, whatever it is. And they're just flipping it up there. You know what I mean? So that was just an interesting thing that I kind of um, was thinking about. You know, is that the most is that the best way to have the whole field in the tournament? And, and I don't think the answer is yes. But I think you guys. I think that I think that one of the things that the U.S. Open does and the PGA is and i realized that when i was out there on saturday is really you just got to make it to the weekend because if you can get to the weekend mm-hmm. you've got a chance to win even if you're within 10 shots of the lead because we saw on sunday you know dj really had a chance to actually get in that tournament when he missed that six footer on 16 um to when he was only one shot back uh to to be in the tournament and and what vince just said was rory is the same way he he played not very well on on Thursday, Friday, he made a birdie on like the last hole to get in and make the cut. And then he, he made his way into the top eight. So, you know, it, I think if you're within 10 shots of the lead on the weekend at any of those tournaments, you're, you're in it. And I think that that's just one of those things, those mentalities that you have to have is I just need to make it to the weekend and I've got a chance to win. I would agree that there's, there's some of that. I mean, like you said, you talk about Eaton Crow uh, with Jordan who, I mean, that, that's the best you've seen from him in a while there. I, I mean, he obviously putted his ass off. He gained, I looked at the strokes gained, and I can't remember the exact number, but it was like something like five shots on the greens this week. Like, that's, that's pretty crazy. But you also mentioned that Matt Kuchar had a top 10. And Matt Kuchar, like, I mean, he, he doesn't hit it much further than you do, Doug. So that, to me, you know, there's, you're, you're right. If you get to the weekend – uh, and you, you're a great player and you have a, a certain skill that's really great, um, you're going to be able to move and work your way up. I just look at it and say in the top, I think it was in the top 25, you had two players that averaged under 300 yards off the tee. Everybody else averaged over 300, you know? So it starts to, I guess, beg a little bit of a question. But um, I have another note here real quick about Brooks, just because I don't know if we want to keep going on him or uh, – kind of move to um, something else. I, we kind of chatted about this, and I put it on the Instagram this week. Brooks's place in the game going forward. Um, wh- what do we think? I set the over-under on the Instagram at nine and a half majors. 
I like it. Vince, you're, yeah. I, I like it. I think um, he's won majors on some of the, possibly some of the harder course selections already. Mm-hmm. I think Beth Page was definitely a true test to say that other other top pros need to reevaluate how they're training. Um, if they can make fun of him bench pressing as much as they want, but he, well, he doesn't give he, a shit. He needed it. Uh, I don't I wouldn't say he needed it, yeah. but it made him successful out there. If just the like, strength in general, I think he's he's healthy, young. I think I think he's gonna have a really good career leading into his 30s so over nine over and a half. under over nine and a half over for nine you. and a half um thoughts <laughs> i as long as he stays healthy i think he's got a shot to get to 10 i do not think he's got a shot shot at, at jack's record which will be tiger's record eventually um i, I don't i just don't think i mean i i think that if I was going to conservatively, I'd say he gets to eight. So I'd say under nine and a half. But if he stays healthy, I mean, shit, he could win a major every year for the next five years right. if he keeps playing the way he does, especially with the golf courses that are that are on the schedule for like the next six to eight years. Yeah. I mean, this is just – I'm kind of going to side with Vince in terms of my number. Like, I think he gets to – ten was the number that I picked in my mind that I thought he was he would get to. Um, but I mean, these are just some quick notes. I didn't even jot. This is not a lot of research here, but four out of his last eight is the same amount as Rory. He has one more than Jordan. And a lot of people look at, you know, Jordan's early career as like a, a snapshot of greatness, right. You know, heading towards something bigger. Um, he's one away from having Phil Mickelson's career. Like if he won a U.S. open or a British, he essentially has Phil Mickelson's career in two calendar years that's at least in majors that's pretty wild he's done it in the shortest amount of time 22 starts from win number one to win number four um he's won on very different golf courses i mean the last two are a little similar right but like he had a shootout to win at aaron hills where like jt was going bonkers he survived that crazy circus set up at shinnecock um you know, he looked Tiger basically right in the face and told him to get get off his lawn at Bell Reeve, even though it was like, you know, kind of a shootout again. And then he goes and takes on what essentially people think is like one of the toughest courses that they play. And he just demolishes Beth Page. And that's some dominant stuff. Like, there's just no way around it. It's It's freaking ridiculous, actually. Do you think do you think he wins another one this year? I mean, yeah, I do. I really do. I If Vince didn't pick him for the PGA, which, good for Vince, he, he nailed it, I was picking him for the PGA. I don't think that for a PGA or a U.S. Open, you shouldn't pick this guy. And right. I know that everybody's going to say um, Pebble's going to play into, you know, um, shorter hitters and it's more strategy. Look, this dude, he can do that too. So, I don't know. That's my That's my take. I think it's wild that he's got six wins in his career and four of them are majors. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. He's a big game hunter. Yeah, man. For sure. Yeah, I think for it's sure. fantastic. What we got next? Uh, um, I have a little note on here I wrote. How do we feel about DJ being DJ? Uh, coming down the stretch, for those of you that, that might not totally uh, remember, 
DJ birdies, I guess, what was it, 15, I think. He birdies 15 all four days. Um, gets within one. Brooks is kind of stumbling around. Uh, goes to 16. Makes bogey. And then, essentially, from that point, it's over. You had, like, a glimpse of this thing that you thought, you know, DJ was going to do. You guys have any thoughts on uh, how you feel about DJ before, during, after, after this? I think, well, here's, here's my opinion on the whole weekend. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday played pretty similar, probably a little soft Thursday, beautiful Friday, mm-hmm. pretty nice Saturday. Sunday, I don't think you can say it was anything like the completely different round for everybody. Um, I mean, without that wind, I think Brooks probably shoots one or two under in like protection mode instead of four over and still wins. Um, the, the fact that DJ did that on Sunday doesn't surprise me. But I think it, it just matches what the rest of the field did. I think he's still going to roll in probably top 10, both of the majors that are left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, the interesting thing like about about the, the DJ, especially on, on Sunday, is you look at the end of his round and you go, God, this guy, he choked it up. But he had the best round on the golf course. Like He did what he needed to do in a lot of ways. And it, it's probably just that Brooks, even with his stumbles, was just sort of out of reach. You know, he, DJ, he had a chance, believe me. I think it was on 16. They had a, a close-up of that putt, and it just looked, it looked like I was putting. Like, it had this ugly takeaway, kind of whipped it inside, and hit this little, like, hook putt, and then looked at it like, well, how did I just do that? And I, I don't know. I just wrote it down as a note because I feel like that guy – He's the opposite of Brooks. He'll win like 400 PGA Tour events, but he might walk away with like two majors or three majors when it's all said and done. And that's that's crazy because he's, you know, he's been the last, the best player of the last decade. So very uh, sort of an interesting take there. I'm going to add something and then we can we can move to something else. I think that I was actually disappointed in the crowd at at Beth Page on Sunday. I thought that they played a little bit into both DJ and Brooks. One, I thought they were a little unfair to Brooks when he started choking a little bit. They were just like all frantic, frantically chanting DJ, DJ, which I thought was unfair to Brooks because he was leading the golf tournament and played better than everybody. Um, and then also, like they were talking, screaming in his back, in DJ's backswing on 16 and 17, which I yeah. thought was unprofessional and kind of worries me for when the Ryder Cup is at Beth Page in eight years. Just because of you know the the infamous New York crowds, like I you know I appreciate the passion that they bring towards all their sports, and they, they you know typically have very good sports teams here. But uh, you know it, especially in crunch time like that, like let the guys hit the hit their shots, and then you know give them five seconds, and then start screaming again. I don't I, I know some people they want to be that guy who yells whatever you know and gets on TV, but let the guy hit their shot, and and then and then you know chime in. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I wrote that here under my, my notes again. I wrote, um, you know, well, first of all, I, sh- I got to preface this before I say what I'm going to say. Uh, being from Philly, I respect New York fans, but I also think that they're like just trash people. Um, so I, that Ryder <laughs> Cup is going to be like someone will get murdered at that Ryder Cup. Like that thing is going to be bad. And, and I think it's going to be embarrassing in a lot of ways it's it's unfortunate like i don't think i don't i'm not saying it would be better in philly 
or better in Boston or better anywhere. You know, in a lot of the, the Ryder Cup has become kind of like a, a party slash golf tournament for fans. And I think it's great because it's changed the whole um, uh, environment around that event. But I do think it is going to be very rough for Euros in New York in 2024. I think it's going to be, they're going to have to be very careful with how that whole thing goes. I do think that. I guess, uh, let, let's, I, I, one question. I just want everybody's opinion. We, we talked about it. I know Jake, I agree with what you're saying about the Ryder cup and New York fans. And that environment's completely different than anything you're going to see during the year. No doubt. Mm-hmm. But I want, mm-hmm. I want to bounce back one bit and just ask, well, what do you think is more important? Winning four majors or winning four events a year? Like, how do you, how do you justify being the big game hunter and winning just, just, just majors or going out and winning four to six PGA events a year and, and kind of solidifying yourself? Um, I don't want to say financially because I know one major probably pays the same as almost two just tour events. But uh, with with the frequency of winning, do you lose your competitive edge? Like Brooks has that mental focus. DJ's won a lot. Did he lose it? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just give a comparison, and then and then I'll, I'll uh, let you guys kind of talk about it too. If if the Eagles are um, on the bubble and they get a wild card spot and they're eight and eight. Um, and they win the Super Bowl. The, I'm not going to remember that they're 8-8. Eight eight. I don't care that they're 8-8. Eight eight. If they did that three times in the next decade, they snuck in at 8-8 eight and, eight and won the Super Bowl, it would be about the fact that they have three Super Bowl titles. I, I personally um, don't really care about PGA Tour wins. I think PGA Tour courses are set up in a way that it's kind of leisurely and, and players can go out there and make their money. And that's what they should do. I think that's, that's, that's their career. That's the point. And, um, you know, WGCs, maybe that's a step up. Maybe, I don't know, but I, I, to me, I judge the greatness on the whole body of work and the majors are vastly important. If, If Brooks ends with eight majors and, three PJ tour wins and DJ has 25 PJ tour wins, which he might already have. I think he actually has that now. And, and one major, I kind of would prefer Brooks's career. Honestly. What do you think, I think Mike? that, I think the, I think DJ is a little bit unlucky in that he's in his prime at the same time that Brooks is because True. I, I think that, you know, there's probably five to 10 golfers and I wouldn't even put tiger on this list right now that are ahead above everyone else. And then I think DJ and Brooks are kind of a shoulder above the rest of the field. Rory's probably there when he's playing well, but um, I think that DJ's a little bit unlucky in that he's playing in his prime at the same time as Brooks is. They're kind of the same age. I think DJ's a little bit older, but um, yeah. So I think, I, I, I still think DJ's going to get to two or three majors himself, but I think, uh, you know, Brooks, uh, you know, is the big game hunter. He really just doesn't care about the other tournaments. Where DJ, I think, likes winning the other tournaments as well. Like you said, he's got tw- he does have twenty five wins. 
I think he'll probably end with 40 or so, you know, somewhere in the 35 to 40 range because he's winning three or four tournaments a year right now. Um, and I think some of that is happens to just do with the field that's in the regular tournament. And then also, I believe that uh, I, I think that the wins only matters if you're up near where Tiger is with Sam Snee's record. Like if you're encroaching on winning 80 tournaments, that's awesome. Then like, yeah, if you only have a couple majors, it's still probably looked down upon. But I think right. that that's an, that's an incredible it's an incredible career either way. Uh, and DJ's had an incredible career already. Twenty five wins in one major is is nasty. Like he should have two. He For choked sure. one away, choked one away. But um, yeah, I think he'd probably be at at the same range that Brooks is at if Brooks wasn't in the game right now. So, uh, but it's good for the game. I think you know. I on Sunday I was a little disappointed. I was hoping that DJ was going to make par on eighteen on Saturday and get into the final group with Brooks because it would have been fun to watch those two guys slug it out. Um, and nothing against Harold Varner, but uh, yeah, I think yeah. DJ's just a little bit uh, unlucky with the era that he's he's in. I agree. I wrote, I wrote that last thing about the uh, groupings down. I said that it, the whole tournament's different if uh, if DJ's in that group while all that's going on. Um, but yeah, I, the the thing the word you said that I think is true in some ways is uh, unlucky because yeah, obviously DJ's had um, a situation at uh, Whistling Straits and even that 2010 U.S. Open at at uh, Pebble. I mean if he doesn't get that lie on whatever that was, I think it was two where he, and he tries to do something extremely dumb from there. Um, you know, maybe, maybe he wins that who knows. I mean, it looked like he was the best player in the field that week. So yeah, I don't know that that's, I mean, for me, that's enough on DJ. Like I think he, I mean, he's, I'm a big DJ fan. He's had an incredible career. I hope the guy gets two or three more that way. You can look at it and say like, he has lived up to what he's he's built himself to be you know that's just the way i look at it gotta remember he's not competing with tiger he's competing with wayne (laughs) all right (laughs) he's he's around he's around great he's surrounded by greatness all the time yeah dj's dj's life does not suck no his life does not suck definitely not definitely not um all right. Any, anything else? Any other closing notes, closing thoughts on the PGA? Can we talk about how Brooks um, denied his girlfriend the kiss walking into the Ooh. into the tournament? He's just in the fucking zone, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just gotta let him ride that one out. <laughs> okay. Um, I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> you know, like I, I think the funniest thing about the um, his relationship with uh, what's her name, Jenna Sims, or something like that, is. Uh, she seems so pumped to be attached to him. And half the time, oh, yeah. I don't think he seems that pumped to be attached to her. <laughs> I don't think he's that pumped to do anything in his life. <laughs> that might be true. He's pumped to pump, though. You know that. He's pumped to hit the gym. Him and Joey D. I'm going to have to get his pre-workout. Figure out what it is. <laughs> Somebody's got to let me know. <laughs> oh, shit. That's funny. Uh, all right. You want to do, do colonial picks? You yeah, let's do, some, let's do some picks. All right, Colonial, longest-running PJ Tour event, 73rd consecutive playing um, down there at, uh, at Hogan's Place. So, all right, wh- what do we got, Vince? I-, I have a feeling where you're going. I think you might be riding riding with one of your bullies again this week. What do you got? I am. I'm, I'm taking my dark horse from last week. 
and taking Scott Piercy to win this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two tell weeks ago, two weeks ago he played really it. well. Um, yeah. you know, he, he was approaching what twenty under two weeks ago. Um, he's uh-huh. got he's got a few top tens in the last uh, in the more recent tournaments. Long, I think he'll play well out there. He's he has to compete with some some home course advantage out of some of the guys. I think overall feel is that Jordan's now a top three pick going into this weekend, which scares me and worries me. I I don't know. Can he do it? He's actually fourth on the Bauer rankings. There you go. There you go. Uh, two interesting Scott Piercy facts that I just know randomly. One of them's from uh, like just reading like uh, in gear forms. He put a ton of lead tape. On. Go look at his like what's in the bag pictures online, and it's just like caked in in lead tape. Every club. That's one thing. The other thing that I heard. Said that guy absolutely hates golf. So interesting. <laughs> I heard. I'd, I heard that he said if he never played again, he wouldn't fucking care. I think I didn't realize he's forty years old. That's crazy. Is he really? Yeah, I'm looking at the power rankings right now. It's one of the things it says. But he's That's still insane. he's in the top ten power rankings. I think for this week. Yeah, he's number he's number six. He finished T seven there last week or last year. Yeah. Wow. That's in, that's incredible. That is incredible. Who are you, Dougie, what do you got? No, no, you oh, go. You first. want me to go? I'll go. Here we go. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Kevin Na this week. So he shot. I think he broke the course record. Shot the course record last year, like on Saturday, 61 or something like that. And uh, I don't know. It's. It, I feel like so many guys play good at this place because it's generally set up fairly easy, and they play it every year. So uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take Kevin Na. You don't need to hit it all over the place and, and bomb it down um, down there. So, yeah, I'm going to go with him. I like it. So I'm taking – I took Matthew Fitzpatrick in our pool that Vinny and I are in, the year-long pool that I'm in, like, right. dead last. Uh, but I'm going to take Justin Rose uh, because – good story here. On Saturday, I was at the PGA, and Brendan uh, took – well, actually, both of us took a bunch of videos of all the players, and he took a, a pretty good video of Justin hitting his tee shot on number five, which was the par five. We were sitting up there watching these guys hit bombs. Um, and Rosie, uh, I guess, was going through his DMs, actually, after he had shot plus three for the day. So shout-out to him for going through and, and showing some love to his fans. He reposted Brendan's video on Instagram, which was, was pretty cool. That's Brendan, awesome. Brendan was, uh, was going crazy, so – uh, that was fun, and uh, I, just a lot more respect for him. So, he also has the flyest gear on on tour with the Bonobo Ooh. stuff. So, yeah, the Bonobos look is uh, is pretty next yeah. level. You know, they need to get him a hat though, because that that like it looks like the he went and just said, "Can you stitch Morgan Stanley on this hat?" Like he went to like lids in the afternoon and got that. <laughs> he he is a little bit of a walking billboard out there, but um, <laughs> but his shirts when he was walking around, I was like, "Ooh, these are all shirts that Jake would have in his closet." Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Bonobos guy for sure. So I think Jay, correct me if I'm wrong, but Bonobos had they had a golf company for a while, and they didn't have it under the Bonobos name, right? I think it was it Made Golf. Was that their company? Yeah, yeah, they like tried it all out with uh, with Made Golf, and then one day it just wasn't there anymore. And I was like, hmm. I guess they're not doing this. And then um, after Walmart bought Bonobos, they uh, brought the line back as a uh, bottom of which I own like one of their new shirts and it is super comfy. 
Yeah, they're my favorite golf shorts on the market right now. Since yeah. I'm short, they're cut a little shorter. It works for me. Well, we're going down the fashion road. I never, I, I thought we would get there eventually. I didn't think it would be episode four. Hell no. We need to talk like, we need, Vinny does what the best hot dog reviews. We need to do what's in Jake's closet for the week. Ooh, I had it. I'm not going to lie. On uh, Sunday, I, I was full drip on Sunday. I had a great outfit on. <laughs> but uh, Have you busted out the white pants for the year yet or what? No, no, no. I had on the um, I had on the, the black Nike polo that had a, a shoe, like patch, like it looks like a shoe. And I was actually wearing the same shoe as my golf shoe. So my shirt had my shoe on it. Yeah, it was. That's that's an incredible look. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, really was considering just posting it to the to the Instagram just so that people knew like what kind of like level of dedication to my outfit. The amount of play swag like, shit, I have. gotta look good. You know what I mean? I love it. I'd have so. to see that one in person. Um, let's see. I, that's that's basically uh, that's basically all I had. I don't know. Do you guys have any other? Where, um, where are you guys playing things? this weekend? Oh yeah, let's go over that. Benny, what are you doing this weekend? I'm hoping to get one round in. Uh, no guarantees this weekend with the holiday and uh, an overloaded extended work schedule. If I can get a round in Saturday at Wildcat, I think that, that might be the plan. I think Tom's trying to play on Saturday if you want to text him. Are you taking, are you taking the weekend off? Um, no, I'm just taking Saturday off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play Sunday, Monday. So I guess while we're talking about it, I'm going to play Sunday. Um, so I've been in New York all week. Um, I'm flying to Atlanta tomorrow and then flying home on Friday. And then Saturday, I'm going to take the day off um, because my dog probably hates me right now. And um, Saturday or Sunday, I got invited. I'm going out to Champions, which I know is a Ooh. big, big lover of Jake and Vinny's. So I'm going to Champions, which is where the uh, 2020 Women's U.S. Open is going to be. It's out in Houston. It's uh, up near where I grew up, actually. Um, and they just redid the entire course last year. So I'm looking, I haven't played it since they did the redesign. So I'm looking forward to going out there for that on Sunday. And then, uh, Monday I'm playing at, uh, Wildcat country club. There you go. I am, uh, heading down the shore for the weekend, Memorial day weekend down in, uh, ocean city, but I'm going to play, I'm playing twisted dune, which is like a decent to good public course, uh, right down there. So I'm playing that on Saturday with a couple of my boys. And then Sunday, I'm going out with a group of complete non-golfers who golf once a year. Oh, boy. This is always an interesting you – no, know, it's actually – it's very fun. It's very interesting. Um, we go to this place. It's a nine-hole place. I can't even remember the name of it right now. It's I, I just throw in, like, shorts, a tee, you know, whatever sneakers I have. And honestly, these guys think that I'm, like, a teaching pro. Like, um, it's like I'm doing a two-hour playing lesson out there. It's, Can you please take a video of these guys oh, with the little instruction for, ab- for Instagram? Absolutely. Instagram, get ready. You will see the full package. <laughs> I love weekend. it. Yeah, I'll get that together. Um, oh, and I, oh, I did have one more question. I posted on the Instagram, so anybody could have responded. Um uh, what was the first golf club you ever fell in love with? Do you guys want to quickly just like run through that real quick? What club it was and why? Go ahead, Vinny. Ooh. Oh, this is tough. You want me to go while you think? No, I no. I, I, have two, I have two really good ones. And it's, <laughs> you gotta pick one. it's always more than one. <laughs> <laughs> but one's a putter, and I had it in my bag for 12 years. 
and it was a original Odyssey DFX. I think it was the 3000 standard mallet. Um, you can still buy them. People sell them on YouTube in like or YouTube eBay in baseball bat <laughs> enclosures. Um, apparently they're very sacred and rare. I still have it. I I never thought I was going to change it until I bought the Peretti. Um, but, went to the sledge. I know that thing's 375 grams of pure. <laughs> it could have been sold at Home Depot in the, in the cobalt hammer section. Um, the other one is the Walter Hagen three wood that I had for the longest time. Oh, yeah. And bought it at Dick Sporting Goods when I was about 14, and it was in the bag until uh, until right before I moved here. I think 22 when I got rid of it. Um, it was just old trusty with an original Aldilla NV uh, NV Green. Uh, that was just awesome. I just remember that that you because I had hit that club a couple times out of your bag, and I just remember that uh, I'd ne- you could launch it as high as a wedge. It was like the the highest launching three wood I've ever played in my life. Um, let's see my my favorite club, the first club I fell in love with. So I had a couple sets of like uh like component irons that's like what i had as my early sets really cheap component sets but uh mizuno mx 300 the seven iron in that set is the best looking seven iron i ever looked at in my life and i regret every day selling that set that that's my number one it had the uh uh true temper tt light shaft just was like so simple and easy i felt like to hit could hit it all over the place Long, short, high, low, whatever. I, I love that club. That was mine. Dougie? Um, the Cleveland Launcher Gold 400 Driver. Ooh. I had that bad boy for probably like 10 years growing up. And uh, I'd probably still have it in the bag because I, I hit every fairway with that thing, except for I went to the driving range with Morgan in high school and she broke it. Oh, my God. Oh yeah, right off. The, she hit a shot like right off the the hosel, right where the neck is, and it snapped in half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the that was the end of the old launcher. But that thing yeah, did you do the old walk of shame out yeah. of the range? Oh yeah, everybody wait a second. Yeah, that thing was money though. I really enjoyed that driver. You, you oh, and Pat hilarious. Perez saw that clip from this past weekend. Yeah, yeah I did see that. Sent his driver yeah. head eighty yards down the down the range at that page. <laughs> yeah, those PXGs, man, for all that money better be more reliable i'm happy with what they're doing i think that they're they're becoming more in line with the market now that they have some more players yeah they, they definitely are trying to figure out a way to do that for sure manny's got them they look really good and yeah, my buddy plays them too they, they feel good they feel good just so crazy oh yeah your boy your boy what what uh what's his name uh adam adam yeah, old adam he's one of the yeah. he's in the troops he's in the he's in the reserves for, for uh pxg <laughs> i love it yeah man all right, anything else you want to wrap it up? Are we good? I think I think that's it, guys. All right, boys. Episode four. Again, ballers, thank you. Take a listen. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, what's your line, Vinny? Well, I guess we have to open it with uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Breakfast Ball Pod. Uh, posting a lot of content, Ooh, yeah. links to our latest podcasts. Um, always some good content. If we ask, please reply to any questions on there. Um, we'd always like some feedback. And uh, don't forget to hit your breakfast ball. Thanks again.